0: Hey, Jason, you know, it's all about a smart workforce, right? It's all about educating the future generation. And, you know, IMTS is really going to focus on educating the younger generation at our future IMTS 2018. Workforce development
1: is a big issue right now, and we really need to be looking towards the future and saying, how are we going to equip the new generation in order to take the place of the current manufacturing leaders that are looking towards retirement?
0: All those boomers are going to go bye-bye very soon. Bye-bye, boomers. We need to get the young, the new millennials in, and let me tell you, I was just on the IMTS.com site looking at the conferences, looking at their Smart Force Summit that they're having for the students. It looks fantastic. There is so many, you wouldn't believe it, but get to IMTS.com, register to go, and bring it on. Jim and Jason are busy working on the restructure of the Making Chips podcast. In the meantime, enjoy one of our favorite episodes from the archives.
2: How's everything protected? How's everything going to go down? You know, are you worried about the employees? Are they going to still have the same confidence in the company? Are they all going to leave? You're worried about customers and you know, what are their reactions going to be? Are they going to stand behind us and support us? Or are they going to, you know, walk away? And so just, it's a lot of emotions just kind of hit you at once.
1: If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips. Stacy, tell us about your early involvement in your family's business.
2: Like a lot of second generation and third generation, we start working on the shop floor. Obviously, as cleaning offices, working in the file room, worked in the ovens, worked in masking, worked in shipping and receiving for a little while, and then kind of made my way back up to the office and, you know, started at 14, 15 years old like everybody else and kind of worked your way up.
1: Worked in the ovens. Tell me about that.
2: <laughs> so we do baking at our facility to bake some of the coatings to provide um a little bit harder coatings. So
1: Okay, so you really did start from the very bottom and work your way up.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to kind of pull the ranks to be able to uh get the respect of the guys on the
1: floor. You, you talked about getting respect from the from the guys in the shop. Uh tell me about that. Did you initially when you came into the business were they looking at you like, you know, who's this girl coming into the business?
2: You know, I think being female, um, it probably gave me a little bit easier of a time on the shop floor. They were all pretty good at, at helping me out and trying to show me the ropes. And I think they just kind of had a little bit of fun, uh, putting me under their thumb and telling me what to do and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't get quite the hazing, I think, that some of the other guys get.
1: <laughs> but you really had to, I guess, prove your, prove your knowledge, prove your work ethic and everything and, you know, kind of, I guess go above what they would normally expect from other people that started in the business.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, being the son or daughter of one of the owners, you definitely have a, a little bit uh, sharper eye on you, and they're kind of watching every one of your moves to see what you do. And you know, I, I think growing up with my dad, he you know kind of instilled in us that you have to work hard, and you know, he showed us every day by going to work from six in the morning until you know seven, eight o'clock at night, and working Saturdays and Sundays if he had to, and um you know, just kind of watching him growing up was definitely a good role model to show us what we needed to to duplicate as we got
1: older. So, how many years did you work alongside your dad?
2: So, it would have been from fourteen until twenty-seven when he passed away.
1: Okay, can you tell us about that?
2: Um, you know, it was very unexpected. Um, I was twenty-seven. I, you know, I'd been down there for a while and and had definitely worked in a lot of different facets. I was running the office at the time and and handling all the finances and had met the bankers and the accountants and been a- involved with a lot of that. And, uh, my cousin at the time was running the shop floor. So my dad was traveling back and forth to our Texas location a lot more often. And John and I were kind of, my cousin, were running the shop when he was out of town. And, you know, we felt like we had our stuff together and everything was going fine. And, uh, you know, then the economy took a tank around 2008 and then, uh, mid 2009, he was actually at our Texas location and didn't show up for work. So. We found out that he had passed away, and you know, it's it's the hardest part. I think is just trying to separate. We're always taught to separate work from home, and in a family business, you can't do that. So on one hand, you're trying to deal with all these feelings and and your mourning, you know, and you're trying to deal with the fact that your dad's no longer there. And then on the other side of things, you're trying to run a business. You have to now worry about, you know how's everything protected? How's everything going to go down? You know, are you worried about the employees? Are they going to still have the same confidence in the company? Are they all going to leave? You're worried about customers and, you know, what are their reactions going to be? Are they going to stand behind us and support us? Or are they going to, you know, walk away? And so just, it's a lot of emotions just kind of hit you at once. And
1: Yeah. So there was a lot of moving parts. I mean, oh. and, and I can't imagine going through that. I mean, because emotionally you just want to mourn your father. But, you know, like you said, you just have to um, you have to worry about the business too. So, what was the first thing that you did when that happened, business wise?
2: The first thing that we did was, you know, told the managers that we needed a little bit of time, and we took a couple of days. It, it was a weird timing for us. It was right before Thanksgiving. So, actually, it'll be five years next week. You know, so so right off the bat, you know, we kind of talked to the attorneys. We sat down with the bank and sat down with the accountants and tried to to work through everything. And in our situation, because my dad was only fifty three he didn't have a will or a trust, which added another layer to the puzzle. So one of the biggest problems for us was trying to determine, you know, the pecking order and, and um, how everything was going to fall down. I mean, it was all a, up to us to make those decisions. And, you know, when everybody's grieving and, and it's, you know, it's just high emotions, it's hard to have those kind of discussions in the heat of the moment.
1: Yeah, in in a family business, what I've seen a lot is that family businesses are very flat. So everybody just runs up to the owner. So in that case, everybody probably went to your dad in many situations. So like you said, you know, who do they report to then? They probably didn't know
2: exactly. And and, you know, I think that you know everybody's fairly comfortable comfortable with my cousin and myself. My sister also joined the picture at that point. Um, She had kind of worked there off and on for a while, and all of a sudden she was thrust into being a half owner and you know, so there's just a lot of tension as to, you know, who should be the one on top. And, you know, there's obviously some hurt feelings and, and not everybody can win. And, um, just trying to kind of meet everybody in the middle so that everybody's happy. It's, it's hard when you're in a family situation because you're, you're worried about feelings and, and all that stuff instead of just worrying about the business and what's right for the business.
1: Yeah. Family businesses definitely bring a different level of feelings and emotions and, dynamics to um to the normal managing and running of a business was there somebody that you relied on to get you through this transition
2: you know uh right after my dad passed away within um 2 or 3 weeks the president of the local illinois manufacturing association actually came out to our facility and and basically said we heard what happened and and we're here for you and and what do you guys need and you know, at the time, um, I'm 27 years old, my sister's a little bit younger, and uh, we were completely lost. They really took us by the hand and dragged us out. <laughs> and I hate to say drag us, but they had to drag us out to a few different events, and they literally held us by the hand and took us around the room and introduced us to everybody and, and really made us feel welcome. And after a few events and a few different gatherings and meeting some different people and really starting to have some conversations, you realize that you're not alone and that there's other people out there that, are in very similar situations or understand where you're coming from and can really give you that support and guidance that you need, you know, in everyday life as well as in tragedy.
1: Yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, That's great to hear. And, you know, I think it's so important to have a community of fellow business owners, a community of manufacturing companies that you can rely on. And we are all in very similar situations. I mean, theres I would say most of the metalworking companies out there are family businesses. And there is always that chance that the owner of the company, the person that everybody goes to, is going to pass. So I I don't think that your situation is unique. I mean, obviously, it's unique to you and it, it was a tragedy to you. But other people may be going through that same thing in the future.
0: Yeah, so I, Stacey's shared this the story with me before too, as you may or may not know, Jason. And, um, I think it's important for our, our listeners to, to kind of know what Stacy and her family went through when this happened because, you know, we're, we're never prepared for anything of this magnitude. And I, maybe you can share with us, Stacey, you know, some advice. You know, what were the big hurdles that you had to get over? What was the biggest slap in the face? What was the biggest, heartache that you, other than losing your dad, but what was the other heartache with regards to the business, the biggest hurdle that you went through?
2: The first one I'd have to say would be the bank. We didn't call the bank the day my dad passed away and within a week they had found out and this is 2008, 2009. um, We were still making profits but obviously we were hurting like everybody else and they set up a meeting with our accounting office and we come in and we sit down and I had met this guy a hundred times before and he sits down at the table and he looks at me and he says, how are we going to liquidate? Didn't say, so sorry for your loss. Didn't say, what are are your plans now? Just said, how are we going to liquidate? So that was definitely the biggest slap in the face. And the funny part is, is about two years ago, right before I switched banks, this guy came in and, you know, he's giving me free tickets and aren't you so glad that we helped you out? And it was just, it was a riot. So that was the first one is, is the bank was the biggest slap in the face. And then the other, the other, the hardest other part was seriously dealing with family and just determining who was going to do what. There was a lot of tension at work. It's, yeah, you know, I love my job. I've, I've always loved my job. I love working with my family. I, I love that we're a small family-owned company. We're flexible and very family-oriented. You know, it was the first time I've ever just dreaded going to work every day. It's just, you know, having to deal with those kind of struggles with your family. and.
1: So, so how did you get through some of those family issues? Can you talk specifically about what, what those issues were? I don't know if that, <laughs> if that's a, still a sore subject or not, but.
2: Um, you know, I think a lot of it was just trust. Without working together with some of the family members for very long and, and having them all of a sudden a, a huge part of the business, a lot of it was just, there was no trust there. I think that, you know, had there been, um, a will established and, and a trust or a living trust, I think that that would have definitely just eliminated a lot of the struggles that we went through. It just would have defined this is how it's going to be. And we could have just all assumed and moved into those roles as opposed to us trying to kind of duke it out.
1: Was was there any question about who was going to take over presidency of the company?
0: Not in my mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. What well, about in everybody else's mind? <laughs> I, I just
0: have a quick question. So I just want to know what the the makeup was of the company. It, you, you were working in the business and your sister, Sarah, was not working full time in the business. And it was just you were the only two survivors, right? just you and your sister?
2: Correct.
1: How did you make it through the transition with the bank? They, they came to you and they said, how are we going to liquidate? Um, so obviously, they didn't have any empathy towards you as a person, your company. They just wanted their money. How did you make it through that transition?
2: So fortunately, uh, my dad, uh, quite a few years prior, had purchased a life insurance policy that it, I mean, it didn't eliminate all of our debt, but it actually was able to pay off enough of it to get us through the transition and until our statements started turning around and kind of got us out of the water a little bit with the bank.
0: Wow. Well, that, and you know what? You know what was tough too. This happened in 2008, 2009 when the bottom fell out of the economy. We were in that great recession. So not only boom, you got a double. You your dad suddenly passed. We're in this you know big, deep, wide recession. And, and here you are. Wow, it's it's a great story. Hey, Jason, you know, that um, manufacturing meeting is coming up March 7th through 10th in Dorrell, Florida. You know, it's hosted by AMT and the NTMA. And, you know, they're talking about building bridges. When you, When you think of building bridges in a manufacturing environment, what does that mean to you? Well, to me, I think it's about
1: partnerships. And it's about aligning yourself with people that are going to help you achieve your goals, to achieve your visions, to achieve whatever dreams that you have as a manufacturing leader or for your business. And so that's what, to me, building bridges is all about. And I think going to a conference like the Manufacturing Meeting. That's what it's all about. It's all about meeting the right people at
0: the Manufacturing Meeting. And I, for one, can attest I was there last year. I met great people. This is the conference to be at. Early March in Miami, Florida, that's where you want to be. So given
1: what you've gone through, what advice would you give to others in the metalworking nation who are in family businesses like yours?
2: I think the biggest thing is for the current owners, to be very transparent with the person that you believe is coming up. You know, luckily my dad, it really kind of helped me, held me close, and I was able to meet with the attorneys, with the bankers, with the accountants. You know, I knew who our general contractors were. I knew who our major customers were. I was very involved. So, you know, when everything happened, I knew exactly who I needed to call. I knew exactly who I needed to get in contact with and who was going to be there to be our advocate. The other things I would mention is, you know, if you have a plan of how you want your business to be after you're gone, put it on paper. Don't let those decisions be made by the next people coming up. It's a, it's a horrible time to have to make those kind of decisions. And, you know, there's nothing I want more than to live out my dad's dream, but if it's not on paper, it's hard to do that. So we're kind of making things up as we go and trying to live up to his expectations and, uh, you know, I think he's passing up down to us that we can do that, but it just would have been a heck of a lot easier if we had some kind of a guidance.
1: I think that's great advice. Be transparent about how you want to handle the succession of the company and, and just have a vision of where you want to go. I think that's great advice, Stacey. This podcast exists to improve
0: the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share? And what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.